Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're listening to A Little Bit Dusty, all things country, rural and outback Australia. Grab a hot or cold one and enjoy the conversation ahead. Yes, this is A Little Bit Dusty. We're back for another episode. Hello to all of our listeners who've tuned in from the start and to all of our new listeners. G'day, how are you doing? Hope you're well. This is Tyson Godden and the main aim of this podcast is just to provide a bit of uh, education and entertainment of all things country and Outback related. We have a guest on each week and they provide a bit of an insight into what it's like growing up in some of these areas or working in some of these areas and having lots of laughs along the way and things to look out for when you're hitting the road for the first time. So our guest this week is Danielle Walker. She's a comedian, won a few awards and grew up in Townsville in sunny Queensland and I was stoked I was able to have this chat with her and we had a lot of fun doing so. So enjoy this episode guys and if you haven't already make sure you like and subscribe, follow the A underscore Little Bit Dusty Instagram account, and that way you can be updated with lots of different things coming up throughout the show. So enjoy this episode. Okay, g'day folks. Welcome to another episode of A Little Bit Dusty. This is episode four. We've got a very special guest on. She's a comedian who grew up in Queensland and has now moved down to Melbourne and is now in Sydney. I'm very, very excited for what we're going to chat about today. We're going to have lots of laughs along the way. Guys, we have Danielle Walker on this episode. Danielle, how are you doing? Hello, uh, um, I'm doing fine. Um, I'm in the lockdown as well um, as you. I just been I'm onto the point of like renovating stuff. Okay. So I just moved plants from one balcony to another balcony, and I'm gonna go borrow a sander and a drill off a friend and do up some furniture. Very nice. What kind of furniture? Oh, I've just got like this thing I got from Facebook Marketplace behind me a few years ago. It's just like a cabinet and I just feel like if I um, sanded it back and did a wood tint on it a bit darker and put some different legs on it, it would just look nicer. So, I mean, it's also just quarantine. You just want to fill your time with stuff. So, Yeah, 100%. Know. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm, very, <laughs> I'm very excited for the chat we're about to have today because um, you've got a very, very interesting history and uh, your comedy career as well. So I'm going to go right back. Uh, you grew up in Townsville in Queensland. What kind of property did you grow up in uh, in Townsville? Um, I grew up on acreage out in Blue Water. So uh, Blue Water's, I don't know, just a bit north of Townsville. Um, and we had like a creek in our backyard and a few acres and just like fruit trees and, you know, pool, chickens, veggie garden, all of that stuff. 
and we lived on the same street as my nana and granddad um, who had they have about 26 27 acres they're still there they've got a dam and stuff uh, lots of animals and they're self-reliant so they grow all their own produce and grow their own animals and everything like that and I actually just came back from a trip there so I was there like three weeks ago for a few weeks okay yeah it's lovely up there. Granddad's got his stuff going on. Yeah. Um, he's a bit of a kooky man, but I love him. He's obsessed with, um, you know, uh, aliens and uh, melon men, which is like Bigfoot and all of that stuff. So it's great to have a chat with him. All right. <laughs> Very good. So would they, do they um, uh, farm any animals in particular, like for, for a particular market, or are they just kind of – you know, have everything kind of roam free. Oh, no, just for themselves. They would just um, have have animals for themselves and then Granddad had a job. He'd always be like a grader driver or something. Okay. Um, so he was in like machinery and that sort of thing, but he'd just grow – they'd just grow the food and stuff for themselves. And, ah. yeah, that was pretty much it. They just like to do it for themselves, not for commercial gain or anything like that. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So how many people did you grow up with in the, in the household? Was it more than just your family or was it extended family within that property too? Oh, no, it was just at my place. It was just mum, dad, me and my sisters and dogs and stuff. And then at Nana, Nana and Grandad's, it was just Nana and Grandad for a bit. But now my Uncle Peter and his um, partner and all their kids live on the property as well, just up the front in like one of those houses that they, you know, those ones they like build inside a, a place and then they sh- like take them out. Those like cyclone-proof houses that they oh, yeah, yeah, build yeah. now, so that you can just get them made, and then you just drive the house out and put it together. Yep, yep, not in the one. Yeah, yeah, kind of like they a live mo- modular those. kind of. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. Oh, there you I go. Have, it sounds crazy to me that they just build a house in a shed somewhere. There's a shed that's full of other smaller houses. It's that's insane <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it'd be pretty hard to picture until you kind of saw it in the flesh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be the biggest shed in the world, I assume, because if it's a shed filled with houses, that's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so how long how long were you on the farm, and um, what kind of age did you move out of there? And was it did we did you move there out of there for a, a kind of a bit of a change of scenery or a bit of a a change of lifestyle? Because I know you went into comedy kind of shortly after, but um, what kind of made you kind of move out of the farm uh, kind of life and go in, and move into Melbourne? Well, I I was like 19 and my mum and dad were getting divorced and so I didn't really just want to be around for that. So I moved over to London for like two years. Um, yeah, so I moved over there first and then I really liked like seeing people sort of do things over there because I'd never like seen uh, that in Townsville. Like there was no sort of like, um, way to start doing comedy or things like that at the time in Townsville so I didn't know there was a way to do it um, but London sort of like right. showed that to me and then when I moved back to Townsville I just worked for a year and saved up and then moved away but you know I love I love Townsville so much and all the people out there and if there was a way to have the career I have and live there I would but that's just not a possibility but I love the country and I go back as much as I can. Yeah. And would would part of that be for, uh, you know, what I've noticed with a change of a few other guests as well is in kind of other country and rural areas, uh, you know, there's nowhere near as many people, but that kind of brings us a stronger kind of community kind of spirit together and everyone's all there for each other. Would that be fair to say? It's just kind of similar in Townsville as well? Yeah, I think everybody has their own like people hanging about and everybody also has like more. I think people have like a stronger 
I don't know, sense of like who people are, but people are more likely to be characters out there. You know, like there's there's oh, yep. more of a sense of just like I don't know, I don't know what it is that makes country people have more personality. It's not that they have more personality. I just think that their personalities are a lot different from each other. Yeah. And I love that part of being in the country and the little like, you know, the people who are like, they like half talk with whistles and little, Uh, (laughs) just little noises and things like that, that you know what they mean, but um, it's not words. I love that sort of stuff. That's my favorite thing (laughs) about being in the country. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So everyone's got their own kind of particular traits. So when you're in, when you're in London and when you moved out from Townsville at 19, what kind of um, work were you doing there? Um, I was a live-in nanny for two years, so uh, I, okay. I, I don't know. I'd just done some babysitting and I'd worked at a dog boarding kennel before that, so I didn't really know what to do. So I just started being a nanny and it was like a weird situation because uh, the parents I moved, like the people who I was nannying for, they were separated. And so me and the kids lived in one house and then um, the parents sort of had their own houses and then they would each come in each week. So the dad would come in and stay with us for a week ah. and then he would leave and then the mum would come stay with us for a week and then she would leave and it was um, that sort of set up. Right. Okay. Um, so when you so on your way, so when you went, went from Townsville through to Melbourne, um, did you travel, did you do a kind of any kind of outback kind of like uh, road trips like in between? Where, and if you did, kind of whereabouts did you, whereabouts did you travel? Um, not really. I mostly just hung out in Townsville um, and sort of just like I used to do trips every weekend up to Jarama Falls, which is like um, a bit oh. north of Townsville. I'd just grab dad's car and drive because he had, um, you know, the the company car. So it was free fuel for me. <laughs> um, so I'd still his car and go up to Jarama Falls because I used to do scout camps up there when I was a kid and it's sort of like you know a rain sort of like rainforesty area and you could do these walks up to the top of the rainforest and then you know go through all the crystal creeks and that sort of thing but then there's this bit there that's sort of like gotten overgrown with grass now so I don't think many people know about it but if you like know where to go and you go through this long grass and stuff there's a certain part of the creek that is just past all the rocks have stopped so it's I don't know it's more able to like sustain bigger things to live there and um it's just writhing with those sort of like snappy turtles oh wow um so you can go down there and just like sneak through and I don't know you don't want to put your toes in because you'll get eaten by the vicious turtles yeah, but yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's fun to go and see we found like some half rotten mangoes that had fallen from the mango trees last time I went up and um my boyfriend got to feed a mango to a snappy turtle which he really enjoyed doing that's cool that's yeah, very it's, cool it's pretty fun up there oh, yeah nice. drama falls is good yeah there's lots of great places up there um so much like rainforest area as well. There's like this place up in Crystal Creek um, called the Rock Slides and it's just like, you know, water over the years has hand carved these rock slides into the rocks and when just after a big rain, it's really fun to go up there and slide down the rocks. Oh, cool. That sounds that sounds unreal. So there you go, listeners. Jarama Falls, a bit north of Townsville, if you get the chance or if you're in the area, it sounds like a... An absolute hell of a time. I'd be keen to check that out when I when the borders uh, open back up too. Yeah, it's great up there. 
So you were saying that your grandparents were lived on the same street um, as as your farm when you were growing up. Uh, for those who haven't heard episodes of Little Dum Dum Club and other things you've been featured on, your grandparents are they're, they're, they're quite quirky characters. In particular, your uh, granddad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wanted to um, ask if you'd be able just to shoot off just a couple of short stories, uh, just some funny just moments that um you know that your granddad has come up with, or some experiences you've had with your granddad because um. They're a hell of a laugh and it just kind of demonstrates the kind of people that are out in these kind of rural areas. And like you said, um, yeah, there's kind of eccentric characters. Yeah, I love my granddad. He's just the greatest. He, When I was up there recently, I stayed out with him uh, for a few nights. My nana had gone down to Brisbane, so it was just me and him. And um, my cousin who lives on the property came down and he wanted granddad to play the harmonica. And so granddad said, go get my harmonica. And then... When he went into the shed to get the harmonica, he took it out of the harmonica's protective um, casing and he went to just hand the bare harmonica to my granddad mm. and then granddad just got so angry because he... <laughs> and then he started to yell. He was like, you never touch another man's harmonica! <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah. <laughs> then, yeah, he refused to play it because he didn't want it to be disinfected, but my granddad can't even play the harmonica so he just blows it yeah right (laughs) but it's still very sentimental to him yeah he i think he just likes to have something to sort of pretend like he's got something to do uh yeah he also he's got all the shed all the fridges in the shed that he keeps all his information on i went in there and took a video to get them all and one of them's like this map of the solar system including naburu which is the planet that he thinks we all come from and um on the top of that fridge is just like right beside the solar system is his shoe and hat size <laughs> written beside it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how many fridges does he own and why does he have well, that he, many fridges? I reckon he's got about maybe like 20 fridges and um, he's also started collecting microwaves as well now. Okay. Um, so they're to keep... The, um, they don't work. They're just to keep the rats and the hornets out um, of just to protect stuff, you know, because if the hornets are building nests in amongst your nuts and bolts and things, it's going to be a nightmare to have to clean them all out. Um, so, yeah. Right, so he uses them as kind of like as yeah. traps. Yeah, just sort of cupboards that the hornets can't get in because it's regular cupboards the hornets can get in. Okay. So the seal is what protects them. Ah, <laughs> I actually think it's a really smart idea. It's also recycling, I guess. So um, I think it's actually really smart. Yeah, smart better than it going to waste, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, what else is anybody going to do with some old fridges? They'll just go to the dump. And yeah, I don't know. I liked when I, when I took my boyfriend up last time, he wanted to show, um, Grandad wanted to show my boyfriend the shed. And so he just took him in and he pointed to all the sheds and he said, this is what we did before computers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a man <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, that's gold <laughs> um so yeah. <laughs> in, in, in your time when you grew up in townsville uh i know you said you kind of huddled around townsville but um is was there any kind of anywhere else that you've um they've traveled around between queensland and new south wales and if you have done one of those kind of road trips for the listeners who haven't done any kind of uh outback road trips what, what kind of what makes a good road trip like is it the is it the lack of preparation? Is it just the different sites you see across the way? What, what, in, what in your words would make a kind of a good road trip? Oh, I think like a good road trip is when you've got the right people, and also you've. I think, I think it's good to have some 
like afternoon evening driving when it's getting a bit dark um, so that you can tell some spooky stories um, ah. when you're driving through the bush or something like that. I, I love that stuff. Um, I really like going to places where, you know, there's like a bit of stuff to do. So, you know, if you want to go up north to, you know, Tully and Innisfail and that sort of area, there's always the best water holes, which I think is what is best about North Queensland. Okay. But then also in like Hewenden way, we went to like Hewenden for a school camp once and we just did like heaps of dinosaur digging. Um, oh, wow. Like fossicking because that's where it was like where the inland sea was. So there's heaps of like dinosaur stuff around there. Um, and I really enjoyed that because it's just funny to be taken to somewhere and make the kids pretend that they're looking for dinosaur bones when you know that land has been turned over <laughs> a million times. They're not getting children as archaeologists to come dig up dinosaur bones. Um, but, yeah, I think the north, <laughs> up north is good. The Tablelands is, like, the best. Um, I love going up to the Tablelands. Uh, like, Lake Tinaru area is, is fun, but also the Coranda area is really good we went to like the there's like a i think it's like a bird zoo like a like a parrot place okay up there i think it's just got birds i think it's like a bird park um but i we went up there and my sister got upset because a bird stole her earring like it pulled (laughs) it pulled her earring out of her ear and she was crying but i didn't go into the bird park because i had a migraine and i felt like i was gonna vomit and then this like I just saw this lady just walking around with just no bottoms on. She just had a top on and no pants, underwear, skirt, anything. She was just walking around having the time of her life. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And yeah, right. That's what I love Coranda for. A, a, a woman. 
<laughs> yeah, full, like an old lady, like a 60-year-old lady. <laughs> I think Coranda yeah, okay. is like a bit big on like the the hippie, like weed mushroom area. Ah, so I right. think it's just like chilling out. And I love seeing those characters walking about. <laughs> there's There's also a tree at Mission Beach, which is like the bikini tree. And it's got it's like a tree that's got these groves ah. that make it look like it's got boobs. And so um, they put a bikini on the tree. And whenever the bikini gets worn off from the weather, somebody else puts another bikini on the tree. <laughs> so Making sure it's always covered. It's pretty fun to go see that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. there you go. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, you had your own special. You made your own comedy special, uh, Bush Rat. Uh, can you tell us a bit what was the... The preparation involved for making that special, and um, and how was it received? You know, did you have a lot of fun doing it? And what kind of what, what's the special about? Yeah, oh, well, it was about bushrat. Was what my it's what my nana and granddad call me, because oh. <laughs> um, when I was a kid, they lived in Tully, um, up in the army camp, which is the rainforest up there, and um, mm-hmm. I got like my first motorbike. My uncle Peter bought me this like little quad bike when I was like three, and. Um, I used to be allowed to just sort of like go for a drive off into the rainforest on my own or I'd just go off into the bush um, on my own for the day or something. And so they call me a little bush rat because ah. obviously I would just go off and do whatever I wanted off into yep. the rainforest. Just free roam. Um, <laughs> yeah, so bush rat was sort of just about my family, all about like my mum and my dad and my nana and my granddad and just all the things I love about them and funny stories that we have from growing up um, and sort of just introducing everybody to them because I do think that they're, I don't know, they're all unique characters but also I think everybody has similar characters within their life but they just don't look at them with that same sort of like magic. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I see them as magical. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I've seen... um. A lot of your shorts on YouTube, and yeah, they, I saw you could just pull out weeks and weeks worth of stories of all sorts of members of your family. Because um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're stories that's uh, yeah that are truly unique. Is there any way that people can find that Bushrat special? Have you got something like on your on a website or on, on some, another dis- uh, on another platform? Or oh no, I never filmed it because I felt like because uh, the show went really well and I won um, best newcomer for it and everything like that. But it was my first show, oh, wow. and so I I didn't um, feel like. I should film my first show because as much as I loved oh, okay. it, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. I think I'll wait till I'm like a bit further down in my career because I taped my first ever stand-up spot and I was like, okay. I am so funny. This is the best <laughs> thing in the world. Everybody will laugh at that. Now if I look back at it, I'm like, oh, my God, Danielle, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> oh, you got to start somewhere, I suppose. Exactly. <laughs> Spe- speaking of starting somewhere, what kind of made you want to get into comedy in the first place? Um, I think my, I used to do scouts and my friend Tom and I used to always like joke around and he used to tell me I should do comedy. And then my cousins who I love very much whenever they would come up to Townsville from Brisbane, um, whenever we'd hang out together, they would tell me I should do comedy. And so I always wanted to do comedy from that point on, but then I felt like it sort of seemed like, you know, to say you wanted to do comedy I just felt like it seemed very like self-centered and self-involved and uh, okay. and very just like oh, I think I'm the best cuz I think people should listen to me. Right. So it took me uh, a long time to decide to do it and then after moving to London I went and saw a bunch of like stand-up shows and like open mic nights and then I was like okay 
when I get back to Townsville, <laughs> that's when I'll start. Ah. Um, and yeah, so I waited till I got back to Townsville and then I found that there'd been a small comedy community that started up there. Oh, cool. And yeah, started with those guys and then moved down to Melbourne about six months later. Okay. So did it kind of change from, oh, I think I'm so funny, everyone just listen to me, to uh, kind of, oh, well, I've got some stories to tell and I think everyone get a kick out of hearing them. Like that kind of like self-centered kind of, uh, that self-centered kind of, uh, uh, I suppose, opinion would have kind of drastically like changed. Now that, that, now that you kind of thought, well, now I've got some stories to tell and everyone, if they get a, a laugh out of listening to them, then, you know, then I'll continue Yeah, I think so. I just sort of thought, well, it doesn't matter what, like, people think, like, as well. Like, I think it's, once I started doing it, I was like, oh, actually, I really enjoy this and I don't think anybody's going to be, like, you're self-centred for wanting to do something you enjoy. <laughs> and then and then it was yeah, fine. And yeah. then, I, yeah, I just loved doing it and I met so many great friends and people and um, I think that was lovely too because I never really spent that long in Townsville after high school and stuff. So it was nice to sort of, like, create this friendship with new people when I'd sort of, like you know, been away from Townsville for a long time after high school and then I hadn't, like, kept up with a lot of those friendships because they just sort of fall right. away if you're not there to maintain them. Yeah. Yeah, that gets a bit, I suppose it gets a bit harder when you're older as well and when it gets kind of caught up in their own thing and it's, it gets uh, trickier to kind of make the time to catch up with people you haven't seen in a while and then otherwise you just kind of drift further and further apart. So, yeah, yeah, it's always hard to manage, but um, oh, it's nice that there's a little, there was a little community made and you're just able to... Um, still able to see all those kind of people as well. Yeah, there's so much up there. There's a lot of comics up in Townsville and a lot of people doing comedy and cans as well. And I think there's even a scene in Mackay now. Oh, wow. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff up there for people who want to go see comedy in those areas as well. Very nice. Um, I just want to go back to the farm again. Now, I know that you've got you know, probably a million different stories about the farm as um, other people might have heard from other podcasts you've been featured on, but... Off the top of your head, what's kind of one of the most crazy experiences or wildest kind of experiences that you've had um, on the farm with growing up in Townsville? Oh, one time um, there was like this, I don't know if this is the craziest one, this is just one that springs to mind. I was like, because everybody I knew lived uh, in Blue Water basically, a lot of my friends who I hung out with on the weekend because we didn't live near my other friends from school. So I went over to my friend's house who she had like lived on acreage as well and her dog was like trying to eat this like dead bird off the ground. So I went over and like said no to the dog and then I picked up the dead bird so that like she wouldn't keep eating it. And then I started to hear like this like noise because it was a curlew the bird I was holding hmm. and I saw it's like parents um like not too far away from me ah. um and they saw me holding and they weren't happy I take it I don't think they were too happy I'd taken it and then I so I went to walk over to them <laughs> to like try and give the dead bird back maybe or something but then they flew away and then I just kept hearing the like hooting noise um and they weren't near me and then I realized that the yeah, the baby had been pretending to play dead for the dog oh. and it was hooting and then it quickly like just jumped up out of my arms and flew away and I got <laughs> the, I screamed because I was terrified. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I've done that a few times, picked up animals I thought were dead and then they weren't dead. Like another time I was riding my motorbike around and I thought I found a dead frill neck lizard and so I picked it up 
sort of by the tail um, and drove my motorbike to Grandad to be like, I found a dead lizard. Mm. And then as soon as I got to Grandad, it flared up its neck and started doing the like the running thing <laughs> in the air. And then I dropped it and <laughs> Grandad was very angry because I could have gotten hurt if it like scratched me and I got infected or something. Yeah, they got some fairly know. sharp claws, don't they? Yeah, they've got pretty sharp claws. I mean, we used to have goannas as well that lived down by the chook pen. Oh, yeah. And m- mum just used to tell me if the goannas came near me, um, to just lie on the ground because if you stand up, then they think you're a tree and try and climb you. Um, ah. Appara- I don't know. I Apparently that's the case, but also I just wish she had have gone near the goannas and not made me go near the goannas. <laughs> <laughs> Here's little, this little defence guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> Mum always sent me out to do the dangerous things. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a fair amount of, a big variety of uh, kind of wildlife and bird life out in Townsville by the sounds of it. Yeah, I think, I mean, anywhere out in the bush, I think is like filled with different animals everywhere. Um yeah, I just think that it's that's like one of the best things about being out there is all the animals and that sort of thing. We used to have like a frog that lived in a tree and um, I mean we used to have so many just like there's wild dogs around near Nana and Grandad's and Grandad always gets angry about them and you know there's like up in Tully where I grew, spent a lot of time growing up when I was little um, there'd always be like paddy melons and water dragons oh, wow. and um all sorts of different types of animals around there, cassowaries. And cassowaries. Um, just oh, things cool. that you don't see that yeah. often. Yeah. Cassowaries were always fun. My uncle um, Billy used to have one that, like, if he knocked on this, um, I don't know what it was, like one of those, wi- oh, wind chime. He oh, had yeah. a wind chime made out of, like, spoons and forks, and when he'd bang on that, the cassowary would come down from the rainforest because it knew it was time for food. That's which, really cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, it always made me feel like, yeah, life was magic when I was little. Yeah, I could imagine. Wow. That's uh Yeah, very nice. For anyone who's wanting to kind of, you know, hit the road, well, you know, hopefully with all this buddy if, when the cases go down and the or when the borders sorry are um, back open. If there's anyone who's wanting to travel, you know, out into the open road or into these kind of outback areas, what kind of advice would you give someone who's wanting to hit the Hit the dusty road for the first time. What kind of a things to look out for? What are what what's yeah, what's your kind of oh, advice go, for any kind go of new travelers? North. I just think the north is so good. All across Australia. I've been up Darwin, like I've been up to, you know, Darwin and the Northern Territory and up the top of WA and in Queensland and I just think it's like warm and there's the best people and the best water holes to go swimming in all year round you can swim up there. And there's just so much lovely scenery. And, yeah, I just think up there is the best. Find all the watering holes, go for swims, go see all the wildlife. Um, And it's warm, so you'd never have to be cold (laughs) like in winter. It's Yeah, yeah, it makes a big difference. (laughs) Yeah, go up there every winter. Spend six months in Darwin. It's like 32 degrees in winter. Unreal. Um, Is there anything else, is that anything you'd uh, like to plug? Obviously, uh, there's no, you know, venues are kind of uh, at a temporary cease and postponed, but is there any kind of gigs you got coming up in the future? Is there anything else coming up that you'd like to promote? Um, Yeah, everything has got cancelled for the moment. Um, I'm doing a fringe show in September um, in Sydney, which is sort of going to be like a work in progress show for my next um, Melbourne show. Um, So it'll have a lot of like videos and stuff from the last time I went to Townsville a few weeks ago. Oh, nice. Also, uh, we've got 
Uh, I, I had a podcast with um, another comedian, Naomi Higgins, called Batch Bitch, and um, we're rebranding. So in a few weeks, that will be released, and that will be called Y2K Scrags. <laughs> so, um, what a title. Yeah. <laughs> that will be out soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Oh, well, Daniela, I think that wraps it up for another episode for A Little Bit Dusty. Thank you very, very much for being a part of it. Easy. No worries. Thanks for having me. No worries. All right. Thanks, listeners, for tuning in. Uh, we've got plenty more stories coming up. And, um, yeah, be sure to keep listening. If you haven't already, like and subscribe to the podcast and follow the A underscore A Little Bit Dusty Instagram account. And I'll be posting photos from some of my trips as well as some photos from some of the guests as well as some other uh, bits and pieces for upcoming episodes. Danielle, thanks again. No worries. Thank you for having me. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.